Many who are first will be last, and the last first. So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22:14. The most precious thing on the planet to a man is a woman. But when you don't know your value, the world will consume you for pennies on a dollar. You are the prize. Because real eyes realize real lies. They thought they buried me alive, threw dirt on my name, thinking they would run a game. They tried to cut me, thinking that I would bleed. I go by Jazz Bowen from now on. I am a chosen one, and I bleed starseed. Hey, chosen vessel. Okay, so I don't know what is going on, but I am waiting in the Lord patiently and kindly because, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Honestly, today, you know, I have a, I kind of have a routine, but today I just wasn't feeling it, you know. And uh, last night I was watching uh, Latoya Kia on YouTube and she was talking about it's not favor, it's discipline, you know. And it's funny because up until that moment I watched that video, I had discipline. You know, I was doing what I was supposed to do every day, you know, dabbling in different pots, you know, the ones that God ordained for me. And it was a piece of cake. You know, I get up. I'm happy that, you know, I rejoice in the days that the Lord has made for me because, well, for the Holy Spirit, because there are a lot of people who plan for today. You know, by God's will, we're here. By his grace and his mercy, we get to live each and every day. And I ask God, you know, Lord, please don't take me away until I fulfill the purpose that you have for me, and I do believe that. I believe no matter what age, race, size, shape, none of that. I believe as though God does not take you until you have you have fulfilled your purpose. Okay? So real quick, I'm just... I actually, you know, have a routine. I'm not going to hold you. I have a routine. And <clears throat> I will not disclose that information because I don't want to. And I feel like the Most High doesn't want me to either due to me always oversharing in my past, but I'm learning things in the now. And one of the things that I'm learning is you have to do things even when you don't want to. You have to do things even though you don't feel good. You have to do things even when your metabolism is running low. You know, you have to do things when you don't have anything to eat in your house. You have to do things when you are thirsty, you are malnourished, so on and so forth. You have to. You must. If you can't, you must. And God has really showed me that today because... Today, you know, my schedule didn't usually go as planned, and I was kind of upset, not with him. Of course, I was upset with myself because, you know, you are as weak as your weakest link, okay? So if your weakest link is smoking and you smoke, you're down there. If your weakest link is drinking, it's down there. If your weakest link is anxiety, you're right there with anxiety. If your weakest link is depression, so on and so forth. So, you know, as I prepare, you know, what God does for me is that he sends me messages through either people, experience, places, things, things that I see. God does not only talk to me through the spiritual realm and the mental, emotional, physical, but he talks to me through people. He talks to me through things, through experiences. So, um, I'm not going to lie today. 
I can't usually when I, you know, record, I'm in a designated place, which is not home. But today I was just feeling kind of not down, not depressed, but I was just feeling kind of sick. You know, I didn't feel too good. And whether or not it's a part of spiritual warfare, I cast that demon out. I cast that enemy out because you are not going to sit here and dictate my life anymore. You know, once... You get out of that depression. Once God gives you that that incomprehensible peace in your heart, in, in your body, your mind, your soul, your synergy, all of that, you never want to go back. So whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I feel like I'm anxious, whenever I feel like I don't get depressed anymore, okay, thank God. I was depressed for years, 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 and years. That's why I say check up on the people who are always smiling. Check up on the people who don't ask who you don't ask, are they okay? They're always asking you because they're dying for you to reciprocate it. They're dying for you to ask them, are you okay? And that's what happens because especially with me, I remember in school all the time, but just, you know, not too much of now, but hey, I'm not going to undermine that. But, you know, I would go to school and I'm a very bubbly, happy, giddy person who laughs a lot. That's just my personality. I'm loud, you know, I'm, I'm bodacious and I'm audacious, you know. So, you know, I would go to school and either I wouldn't be feeling good or, you know, something personal would be going on or stuff like that. And I used to hate when people come up to me and ask me, Jazz, what's wrong? You know, nobody would, everybody would know. And that's the bittersweet thing about being having a very audacious personality. Everybody knows how you are because that's who you are. So when you show up on the scene and you're not your regular self, people are worried about you. And um, I don't know if you experienced, but I experienced this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I experienced, like, if something is wrong with me, whether, you know, maybe I have some kind of mental imbalance. And, you know, when you're going through spiritual warfare, it's a tug of war between the mindset that you're at and the mindset that you see when you have your faith. Period. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so for me, when it comes to spiritual warfare, it's my mindset that doesn't right now. You cannot think now. Okay, you cannot look when you look around. You don't need to look. I mean, of course, you have to pay attention, but of course, you don't want to be there in wherever you are right now. You don't want to be there in five years. Okay, and if you do, that's fine, too. But for me personally, I can speak. I don't want to be where I'm at in five years. So instead of me honing in on where I'm at, I am focusing in where I'm going, okay? Now, this is a big message. This is a message for you and me because I used to look in the past all the time. I used to live in the past, but you can't change it, so why stress about it? And I always, this is for you, uh, Chosen Vessel. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's you or somebody you know. I always tell my mother that you have to relinquish in the future you can't think of right now and then on top of that and i love the way i put it oh and another thing okay i'm gonna say this and then i'm gonna go to my point another thing is that i have to practice what i preach because my faith i didn't know faith was a gift okay faith is a very strong gift and when you have faith as a gift you wonder why other people don't have it you wonder why people are worrying about the here and the now, you just look at them and be like, okay. You know, not saying that you're better than anybody, but 
at the time, it's like, okay, my faith is higher. My faith is stronger than what you're talking about. My faith is stronger than anything that you can ever fathom. So I'm just going to be over here and be quiet because I know what my God does. Okay? But I'm doing my devotionals and my book. And as soon as I said, I need to practice what I preach because I can teach faith all day. I can say faith this, faith that. But... When it comes to spiritual warfare, hello, a car I learned this the other day, a carnal mind is a, is a mind and a body and a presence and a synergy that represents your senses. Okay? That's carnal. That's stuff that is tangible. You can hold, you can feel it, you can taste it, smell it, so on and so forth. Alright? So I have to practice what I preach because my faith is it's a gift. You know, but Sometimes I'm human and God knows that he created us. He created me. So he knows that at times I'm going to kind of, you know, relish in the now, you know, and I ask him, I say, God, take it away because I know for, I know that you did not make the presence of fear. You did not make anxiety. You did not bless us with depression, sadness, anything that is not positive. God did not create it. He wants the best for us, but we have to seek him. Just how we want him to do work in our lives, we have to do work in our lives as well, okay? It's somewhat of a tug of war, but everybody wins at the end. So when I say I practice with my, what I preach, I always say that, Mom, you know, you have to give God your problems. Because if you, chosen vessel, don't give God your problems, but you're worrying, I put it this way. Let's say, chosen one, you got a car payment coming up. It's a hefty piece of your, it's a hefty piece, you know. You're having some, even though you know, even though in retrospect, you can't, You know that God is going to make a way, but still on the front, in your conscious mind, it's like, oh my, you're still going to stress. Okay, especially if you don't have that peace. If you, if you, don't have, if you haven't unlocked that Prince of Peace, you're going to be in some turmoil. And that's normal, but that's not a way to live. So put it this way. You have a car payment coming up. You got your rent and you look at, look at, you look at your account and you look at your bills and you look like, oh my gosh. So, okay, you just sit there and you stress, okay? You stress, you have, you have, you think about it all the time, every day, all the time, not knowing, not remembering that God makes a way. But because you are thinking and feeling and living in the now in your carnal mind, you're going to worry about it. You're going to stress about it. So if you're going to sit here and put all your time, your energy, maybe even your money, you know, into stressing and worrying, God is not going to deliver you from that because you have your hands on it. Once you give it to the Most High, that's when he can expand your brand. He can expand every single thing that you give to him. But the key word is you have to give it to him. See, at first, I was like, what are people talking about? Give it to him. I like to write. I like to write down. I like to make lists. I'm a good list maker. Of things, I'll, I'll just make a list and be like, thank you for, and then every day I'll add one or two. So, I remember writing down, it just, I have a lot of notebooks, and I love going through them because when when you know that God has done something for you, you don't forget it, but you're thankful, but it you it's kind of in the back of your mind. Because you know the things that he done in the past, you know, like I said, you might not want to relish in the now, but at the same time, 
when you are going through something and you're like, oh my gosh, how is this going to work? You do have to sometimes retract and go back from, to the past because you have to remember that past faithfulness. I was feeling horrible when I dropped my baby off to school. I don't know. I just didn't have that passion, that fire. And even if you know Chosen Vessel, you could tell at the beginning when I first started, I was laying down and I'm sitting up. You have to ask God. You have to call him. Okay, just like you call your friends, how you call your baby mama, call your baby daddy, how you call your prospects, how you call the people that you like, okay, how you call whoever you call, you have to call on him as well. It's a landline. Tell him what you want. You have to activate that in the spirit. Nobody can do that for you. So our scripture of the day is going to come from Lamentations chapter 3 verses 25 and 26 it reads as this the lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul he seeks him it is good that a man should wait quietly for the salvation of the lord so i've been struggling a lot with i just want to make sure i always ask god for confirmation more than one time but i just want to make sure that it's no other voices in my head or mine Okay, I just want to make sure that I do only what he wants me to do because I want him to order my steps. Once God orders your steps, you're going to be good to go. To unlock your destiny, you have to use your fingerprint. There's nobody on this earth who has your fingerprint. Your fingerprint unlocks your destiny. That means that do it basically, you know what I'm saying? I hope God don't get on me for this, but... I feel as though do what you want to do until God blesses you to do what he wants you to do. But, chosen one, you have to choose what he's chosen for you. So, in the meantime, you can still, like, if you are a chosen one, the number one sign is that no matter where you are, no matter what you do, who you date or whatever, or, you know, whatever, however your life is going, God is going to shine through you regardless you're going to be able to feel him regardless but he's going to give you snips and you know snippets and stuff like that and tidbits of you know what amounts you up to who he has called you to be but at the same time once you do what you're supposed to do he's going to be like okay if she's listening in this stage of her life she's not working she's not walking in her purpose but let me give her a few pointers so that when i do when she do when she do when she does choose the purpose that I have for her, she can be able to discern and hear me. And I love my little snippet about discernment. It's on YouTube, one chosen one. Uh, type, go to go to YouTube. Type in one chosen one. The snippet is basically about spiritual discernment, because a lot of people are very carnal, like I said. But at the same time, you cannot choose lovers or loved ones or whatever you want to call it companions booze baby daddies but you cannot choose those from your flesh because your flesh is going to misguide you your flesh really doesn't have just think flesh is flesh okay this is really brutal but hey this is how i picture it you know how in them nasty movies or like saw or especially the italians how they butcher people up you know how they skin cats and skin people and all that that's flesh the flesh has to, ooh, yes, the flesh has to be attached to a living vessel to grow, 
to stay moisturized, to keep that blood flowing, to keep its color. So if you cut off that flesh, then that means that your spirit has to sift through itself, which is a good thing. And one thing that I am so blessed is, like I said, y'all, I'm so proud of myself. Um, I did my 30-day fast from sodas. And while I was laying in the bed, I feel a lot better now. Thank you. Because, y'all, I was told up. I did not feel good. But I, better as I was laying down and I was reading my Bible and doing my devotions, I felt I picked up my water because I'm drinking um the Core Hydrate. Calm down, Jazz. Lord, I got a thick tongue. I be talking fast, boy. My mind be moving faster than my mouth. Okay. I have to enunciate. I'm drinking Core Hydration Water. Okay. So I took a little sip, sat up, sat down, you know, stuff like that. Just going back and forth, trying to, you know, get get it going. Because with the 30-day fast, um, at the beginning, I drank a lot. Well, I still do. I drink a lot, lot, lot. I drink a lot of water. But, you know, during that fast, I drank juice, of course. Just juice and water, no soda. So yesterday was the end of the 30-day fast. So, of course, my fat self... <laughs> Was oh let me get a soda you know I I tried a soda just to see, and I knew that um something I'm not gonna say something the Holy Spirit told me that that soda's not gonna be as good as you think it is, because it's gonna be because you went so long without it, so of course me and my flesh hello, you know but I said you know I I I deserve it to myself and that's one thing ooh thank you Holy Spirit. As humans, as chosen ones, we have to delay gratification. So, for those 30 days I didn't drink soda, that the I didn't do the instant gratification because I waited those 30 days. Okay? You don't have to do a 30-day fast. You can do a week. You can do a day. If you watch TV every day, do one day. Start small. But because I did the 30-day social media fast, I will, you know what I'm saying? 30 days isn't really anything to me. And whenever you sacrifice, God is going to bless you because you're giving up something that your flesh wants in exchange for something that your spirit needs. Ooh, that's a word. So I drank my soda. It was a metal yellow to be exact. And I got it from my aunt's house. And I was like, because we usually don't get metal yellow, so I get the can. And I said, ooh, you know, I was over her house. I said, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm going to drink this. I'm going I'm to drink this one. My 30-day fast is over. So go in the refrigerator. And I give my mellow yellow. And I pop the can, but I don't drink it just yet, right? So then um, I taste it. Y'all, I kid you not. It was flat to me. And I loved it because God was like, see? Mm-hmm. You don't need soda after all. Because I used to drink sodas like I drink water now. I used to drink them all day, every day. And that stuff doesn't catch up with you until you're on dialysis and later on in life. And I don't want to be that. I'm breaking generational curses. I need to take care of my body so I can live longer. But then, you know, I need to make sure that I'm breaking generational curses because I don't want to repeat the same steps. That's not what I'm here for. I'm a chosen vessel and so are you. We are picked. We were picked out of a litter to be prosperous, to multiply, okay, and never divide. So I drank the soda. It was flat, y'all. I swear. It tasted like I opened the can, left it out for a few hours, and it was just flat. And God was, I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit because he was like, it ain't even that good, is it? Because I cut that off from my flesh. So my body goes without it. And I noticed that 
on my 30-day fast, soda, my mom will buy, like, six-pack sodas, or she'll buy, like, the big two-liter or whatever. But it's been the six-pack sodas, and I noticed that, I mean, the, the bottle, the six-pack bottles. And I noticed that those bottles stayed in the refrigerator for weeks. So that showed me, and the Holy Spirit said, see, look. Because, baby, let me tell you, I used to gobble them down. So then as um, I'm indulging, you know, I open my... Now, this is before I take a sip. Let me retract. Sorry, y'all. So take a sip. So my mom, she opens one of the Pepsis of, of the six-pack in the bottle. So I hear it. You know, I hear that carbonation. My mouth doesn't even water, but I'm like, you know what? But you know what? My spirit said, Jazz, it's not going to be all that good. But go ahead. I swear it did, because I, I knew so. It's like, you know how you'd be like, something told me. No, baby. No, 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 no. You need to address it because it needs to be respected. That something is the Holy Spirit. That something is your intuition. Okay? Now, when you are walking in your purpose and you're starting to begin, and you really haven't activated the Holy Spirit that much, it will start off as intuition. Okay? That's basically kind of like... The baby food, the formula of your purpose and your spiritual discernment, your intuition. Because your intuition, like special on test, you'll have a multiple choice that's A, B, C, D. The first instinct says C, but you second guess yourself. You pick A, you get the test of C. And like, dang, I should have. Something told me. No, baby, the Holy Spirit told you with your intuition. So once you seek God with your intuition, once you seek God, your intuition is going to transform into discernment, spiritual discernment. So on and so forth, okay? And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So my mom goes ahead, she, she, you know, hear the carbonation. So she's sitting down. She said, ooh, look good. You want something? You know, she holding it. I said, you want something, boo? You want something, boo? I said, I said, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Okay, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. So she holds it. She said, want something, boo? Let me get you a cup. Let me get you a cup. So I actually drank the mellow. Oh, that's what it was. Sorry, y'all. I, I told you my brain moved faster than my mouth. I'd be jumping around. I'd be so excited. I took the mellow yellow, I drunk it, it was flat, right, to me. And I just opened it, it wasn't flat, but it was flat to me. So I said, well, that's flat. She said, really? That's what she said, really, it's flat? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, boo, you want some, you want some, I get you a cup. That's what it was. She was like, let me get you a cup. I said, no, 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 sit down, sit down. She said, no, no, let me get you a cup. I said, mom, sit down, I don't want it. Okay, because I have cut that off of my flesh. My brain doesn't crave sodas anymore. And it's crazy because, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit. Because when I was on my 30-day fast, I used to look at the soda like, oh, especially a Sprite. You know, people who don't really drink soda. Well, let's say if you go out to a restaurant and you drink a lot of sodas as it is, but you want to get Sprite because it's clear. Or you go out to a restaurant or something like that, and you always get a Sprite because it's a quote-unquote clear soda. It's still caffeine and carbonation. But it's crazy because during my 30-day fast, I wanted soda, but now that it's over, I don't want it. So I partake in juice and water. Now mainly water because I have trained my body to that, okay? That's why a lot of us out here, especially as women, not to get personal, but hey, you here, you don't listen this long. You go to the bathroom, it doesn't smell so hot. I mean, it smells hot, and I don't mean temperature, I mean like <laughs> the actual smell because what you put into your body is what you're going to get out of it. And I've always had clear skin and I've been going through spiritual warfare, but I don't claim it as soon as it can. As soon to how to handle spiritual warfare. 
So I got this voice message in my inbox and it said, Jazz Boom, how do you deal with spiritual warfare and how do you know? How do you know you're going through spiritual warfare? And I'm just going to keep it a buck right now. I'm going to tell you what happens with me, okay, specifically. And then I'm going to go ahead and back it up with the word, all right? So I'm going to say my my experience first and then I'll back it up with the word, of course. Because the, the word is a living, it's a blueprint document of success, okay? So if you can read all them, well, people really aren't reading. But I know, what. Well, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Chosen vessels. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that if you love to read, that means that God has blessed you. Because I, I've always loved to read. He Nine times out of ten, the readers are the chosen ones because God knows that you love to read. So if he knows that you love to read things that are carnal or not even that, let's say, oh, I love Fifty Shades. Let's say if you like to, you know, I read all of them. All Matter of fact, I, I'm sorry. I'm on the fourth one, which is Gray. I can't wait for that movie because that's when Gray is his point of view. Because, you know, the first three were from Anna's point of view. And the fourth one was from, from Jazz was from Gray. So, um... He blesses us as chosen ones to like to read because he knows that we're going to divulge in the word. Now, sorry, back to what I'm saying. With me, spiritual warfare happens, um, happened to me, my face. Now, um, I, I have very oily skin. I'm not going to hold you, I do. But I have a lot of blemishes on there now, a lot of dark blemishes. And that's another reason why I turn to water as well. Um, I, but I've come to accept it because I ask God, I say, this is just flesh. When you are going through spiritual warfare, the enemy is going to attack your flesh. Whether it's your weight, whether it's acne, blemishes, blackheads, whiteheads, uh, open pores, stuff like that, zits, acne, mm, all of that. That's what it does. Because you, be, it's called spiritual warfare because some because the enemy or someone who is doing maybe witchcraft or something, you listen to the story for another time. They're trying to attack your spirit they because they know you don't care about your flesh, which is me, okay? So when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my, I go back and look at my old pictures, but I'm like, this is, God told me, this, Jazz, that's flesh. And I was like, okay, maybe I could put some makeup on it when I go out. God, God said, Jazz, that's flesh. It does not matter. When you go out into this world and when you meet your kingdom husband or when he comes to you, he's not going to worry about what your face looks like. He wants to see how your heart looks. He wants to see how your spirit looks because the spirit lasts forever. Flesh fades. What I do, okay, now what I do about the spiritual warfare. Um, I, I used to run from it, but the more you run from it, the more it's going to tumbleweed. Okay, or snowball, if you will. So when I am experiencing spiritual warfare, which I have today, but I'm back, I'm back in a better. Hello. I feel it. A lot of people don't understand. Um, there are some traumatic things that happened in my childhood. I'll share those when God gives me the okay. Cause I want to tell my story. But um a lot of things that happened in my childhood, I would get flashbacks out of nowhere. Okay? Triggers. You can hear something, taste something, smell something, see something. Anything, and it can trigger something in 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 the childhood. I'm not going to tell you specifically what I he, used to hear, 
But I had to sit there. I used to get flashbacks of the abuse. So I used to run from the abuse that would go on in my head. So whenever that trigger would happen, I would run. And then I actually formed a case of Tourette's. I would. I can't wait to. Sh- I can't wait to um tell y'all that because I'm delivered from it. But only when God says so, I will. But I delivered a case of Tourette's, and it was sad to me. It was very sad because I'm like, dang, like this is really affecting me. So when I'm in my spiritual warfare, and I feel it coming on just like I did, I feel it. I feel it. I think about what can be, what can be triggering this. What is going on? Okay, nine times out of ten, if you're going through spiritual warfare, that means that you're healing your spirit. That means you're doing something right. Okay, nine times out of ten, that's how spiritual warfare works. Okay, that means you're giving your access to too many people, and they're trying to down you, but don't let them. So, like I said, how I get through spiritual warfare, I feel it, because if you feel it, the devil. I imagine. Okay, how about this? All my oldies out there. I was born in '94. Um, if you know, what about the uh, Super Mario Kart? You know, I had PlayStation 2 with the cartridges. I think it was a PlayStation, whatever. The one with the little three-point, whatever, Super Mario. With the coins, the mushrooms, Bowser. So, you know, when you got to a certain point, you know, to get to Bowser, he was the devil, right? Of course. Devil, dragon, whatever. You would go up those steps. <laughs> and I remember Mario running. He just did he go about ho, 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 the whole time. That's how I see the devil. So when you're going through your spiritual attacks, if you run from your pain, if you run from your trauma and don't sit there and feel it, he's laughing at you because he can keep bringing it up. But if you sit there in your pain, you feel it, you deal with it no matter how it feels. The next time it comes up, it'll be okay. Because I used to run from that. Uh, I used to run from my triggers. Like, whenever it would come, I would spaz out, right? And then I would spaz out again because my brain is like, oh, no, 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 no. But now, when I'm going through it, I just sit. I just sit on it. I sit on it and feel it so that when I have my, when, I, when the triggers come, they come and they go. of that so back at it like a crack at it oh that's not godly excuse my language but anyway so real quick uh yesterday i just wanted to go ahead and pick up where we left off with our narcissist okay so um if you don't know when you are dealing with a narcissist it is called an addiction ship okay not a relationship or anything of that sort all right uh narcissism actually manifests in different ways um, as well as there are a few personality traits that I'm going to touch on. Um, one is extreme self-focused, okay? Everything is about them. If it's not about them, then it's not about anything. Uh, the second one is an inflated sense of self. They feel like the world revolves around them, and everybody needs to answer to their beck and call. And the third one is going to be a strong desire for recognition praise. So they always want you to kiss their behind, okay? They basically want you to give them everything as they give you nothing in return. Um, On tomorrow, I'll probably be going a little bit deeper. There's actually five stages of narcissism. But actually, you can actually have narcissism traits, and you can actually be a narcissist. A lot of us empaths, and I met, I met, mm, come on, Jazz, <laughs> scratch the mix. I admit myself that I 
have narcissistic traits only because of that self-inflicted wound of being around narcissism so much, you know? It's like, if you're an empath and you've been dating a narcissist, or if you've been around a narcissist, you have to take that time to heal, because if you don't, like I said in the past uh, episodes, narcissists do bleed on you, and you may pick up some of their traits unwillingly. So I just want to, um... <clears throat> so there's a it's a thin line between adaptive and maladaptive, all right? Adaptive um are positive ones, you know, you'll be helpful, you have high brilliant self-confidence, you have excellent excellent self-reliance and you have the ability to celebrate yourself, but at the same time you are humble. And um the maladaptive Ooh, fall, falls up under the traits that don't serve you or others around you. Very selfish. Um, you'll be like kind of performing negatively, and you will perform that negativity, and it'll impact others and yourself with or without you knowing it. Um, you have self consciousness that is just all around, just an iniquity, just so bolstering and just badgering, okay, and boisterous. Uh, and it can reflect in low self esteem and lower empathy, and that's a whole nother topic, but especially with the low self-esteem, because narcissists, they want you to make, narcissists want you to think that they have this excellent sense of self-esteem, that they love everything about themselves, and they don't. Narcissists actually mirror, okay, they mirror us impasse because of we are pure, we have a very pure spirit, okay, uh, a lot of us uh, chosen ones are empaths, and a lot of our empaths, we don't know that we have a superpower. We think that people walk all over us and people use us to their advantage, but in the end, we always win, all right? So um, you can actually go to my YouTube, and I want you to, there's a video, it's called um, Discernment, and it's just about like two minutes, and I'm just talking about how the spiritual discernment can help you in the near future. So, of course, I have a few scriptures to back these things up, and I'll touch more on the uh, maladaptive and adaptive, uh, probably later on down the road, okay, I just kind of want you to grasp this, and I want it to kind of be bite-sized, I just don't want you to give you the whole steak with a butter knife, okay, so the first uh, verse is going to come from the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 12, all right, and it reads as such, do you see a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope for a fool than for him so god does not like for us to be conceited yes you can be beautiful but when you go out of your way and start just being self-absorbed all the time and everything is about me 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 that's the problem for him he does not he does not like um people his he doesn't he doesn't like his people to be conceited all right the time that you could be looking in the mirror the time that you could be worried about yourself you could be praying to make your life better and boisterous you know how can I put it? Like, you can make your life less boisterous when you talk to God and just basically seek him in every aspect of your life, all right? And there's no hope, excuse me, there's more hope for a fool than for him. So you, a fool is just, I don't like to use the D word, but a fool is not, you know what I'm saying? They elevator don't go all the way to the top. You know, their elevator does not go all the way to the top. So a fool, nine times out of ten, knows they're a fool, but... For somebody who can see that he's not having it, okay? So God demises the wise. He does not want you to be so wise and so uh, know-it-all. My mom calls it a Kia, a know-it-all because you don't know anything, okay? God is um, omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. That means he's all-knowing, he's everywhere. And what's the other one, y'all? If he's all-knowing, knows everything, 
is everywhere. Dang, y'all. Hit me with a voice message. I forgot that quick. All right. I told y'all my brain be moving. It's going to come to me. Watch. My brain be moving faster than my mouth. All right. So the next um, verse is actually going to be. Also, oh, that's good. So the two books that we're really going to be touching on today is just Psalm and Proverbs. And they're back to back. So that's good. So the second verse is going to come from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32. All right. And it reads as such. It says, if you have been foolish in lifting up yourself, or if you have thought evil, put your hand on your mouth. That means shut your face, shut your power hole, be quiet. Okay, please be quiet. And like I said in my other episodes, I had to pray for God to put barbed wire around my mouth and my tongue because I wanted him to not only order my steps, but order my words because there's certain things that I speak. I have very, very... um. How can I put, I have very inappropriate humor. I'll put it like that. And there are some things that are just not godly. And let me tell you something. I believe, I bite my tongue all day, every day, just about. But I, this is what I ask God for. Because not only that, with my witty jokes, I was always telling everybody everything about everything that has something to do with me. You know, I just spill all my beans. So when he, I, when I prayed that, I said, put barbed wire around my mouth so that when I speak, it is of you. If I speak and it does not have you on it, then I don't want to say it, okay? I'll keep it to myself, which is great because there's so many things I want to say. But, hey, by the grace of God, he be working on me. All right, so um, the next one is going to be Proverbs 29, 23. All right, and it reads as this, y'all. It reads as such, all right? A man's pride will bring him low, but honor will uphold the humble in spirit. All right. So if you have a prideful heart, that could really alter your outlook and your um how, your outlook and your effect on life. Okay. And the end, prideful heart does not God does not like a prideful heart. Okay. He likes for us to be humble. Like yes, it's okay to love yourself. Of course, you know he makes no mistakes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But at the same time, don't sit here and just drown in your own sorrow or in your own sarcasm or sadistic sense of self, okay, God does not like that, so just try to practice that humbleness, and put your pride to the side, all right, if you are a nine times out of ten chosen vessels or empaths, okay, I am either rattling these off for you, I want you to apply it, wherever it fits, apply it, if it applies to you, apply it to your life, and see what you can do to change about it, go ahead and open your book, open the word, and actually look at these verses yourself, and see how they connect with you, and or people in your life, all right, so I got two more verses, and then I'm out y'all here, all right, so the second, well, excuse me, one, two, three, the fourth, three, four, three, third, wait, one, two, three, sorry, y'all, the fourth, Lord, the fourth verse is gonna come from the book of Psalms, all right, and I'm going to be reading from one, so it's going to come from Psalm 101, verse 5, all right? Give me a little minute to find it. Okay. All right. All right, so Psalm 101, verse 5 reads this, reads as such. Whoever privately slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and a proud heart, I will not endure. So just like I said before, um, 
a chosen one. I don't know. This is for somebody. I used to believe that. I don't know why, but I used to believe that like writing in the Bible was like a sin. Like it's it's defamation, and you know, like what what you call it? Like um, what's the word, y'all? I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but I used to think it was like graffiti. You know, and I was like, oh my gosh, because you know God's word is pure, and I didn't want to put my pens and pencils on it, but. I actually learned from R.C. Blake that it is okay to write in your Bible. You want to write in your Bible. Write your little notes. Because guess what? When you flip back and forth and when you come from, when you listen to other sermons or when you listen to other people talk about the word, you can go be like, oh, hey, oh, I know what that means. Get your highlighters and get your colored pencils, get your markers, pencils, whatever you like. I like to scribble. I'm very artistic. So when it comes to the Bible, I am A1, all right? So Sorry, y'all, I just rambled. Somebody need to hear that. So real quick again, it says, Whoever privately slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and a proud heart, I will not endure. So if you look down on people, if your narcissist looks down on you or talks to you in kind of way or try to make you feel bad about something that you definitely can't control, then that is a problem, all right? Um, I am not. I actually have a, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. So I actually have a quiz for you guys, but at the same time, I'm just going to, I'm about, Lord, I'm about to say something, Lord, okay, thank you, I was about to say something, oh, Lord, see, I told you about this bar wire, but, um, I actually have a quiz that I'm gonna release, uh, sooner rather than later, so I want y'all to be on the lookout for that, all right, so, um, he doesn't like gossip or looking down on others, all of us are equal, all right, yes, we're different colors, shapes, sizes, ethnicities, religious, but at the end of the day, we are all one race, which is human race, all right, we are all equal, no one is superior, last but not least, and I'm done, y'all, the next, excuse me, the last verse is going to come from the book of Psalm, all right, 131, verse 1, all right, so give me a few seconds to turn to that, but yeah, you just, as an empath, once you start walking into your purpose, you're going to be surprised, once you find out who you are, chosen vessel, you are going to be surprised at how many people are narcissists, okay, and you might even display some characteristics about it too, but that's not a bad thing, nine times out of ten, narcissists don't know they're narcissists, so if you're on here like, dang, am I a narcissist, no baby, probably not, you probably have narcissistic tendencies or characteristics, which is normal, all right, and you can also look up, um, narcissist, narcissist, all right, that was actually, I want to say something about, I don't want to say, you know, mythology or something like that, so last but not least, Psalm 31, 131, excuse me, he says this, Lord, my heart is not haughty, my eyes are not raised too high, I have not striven for enormities for things too wonderful for me, so enormities, I did not know the definition, and I write definitions in my Bible because you want to enhance your vocabulary, I love it, people be looking at me like I'm crazy when I be texting or talking, they be like, what that mean? Enhance your vocabulary, okay? So, enormities means sin, bad, or extent of something perceived. So, you don't strive for sin. You don't strive for the bad. He does not like that. You don't strive to look down on others, okay? What's that saying? When you raise your nose too high, it's going to rain one day, and you will drown in your own sorrows. But uh, that was really, really quick. I just wanted y'all to, I just needed to bless you with this. Um, I will be dropping the quiz soon. I hope this word has blessed you in more ways than one. Remember, Chosen Vessel. Your next days are your best days, and I love you. Bless.